Welcome into the program, everybody. Good morning, hockey. It's Tuesday. Um, lovely day in the city. It's kind of rainy out, but uh, we're here, and uh, we have Brendan on for Raven today. So thank you to him for that. Hello, hello. Good morning, everybody. Um, good morning to you, Brendan. Thank you for joining us. We are uh, going to be going around the NHL today. <laughs> we're going to be talking about some junior hockey, some women's hockey, um, talk about the games last night. We'll set you up for the games this evening. Um, we'll be recording Deep Fade with Zach Elliott afterward, right? Um, so that'll be coming out, uh, later on in the day. So be on the lookout for that. Um, Zach's going to recap all the playoff football that, that went on this weekend. You guys are going to cover that a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll be speaking a little bit on that too. Of course, my Ravens won, so. <laughs> yeah. So you got them going the rest of the way? Oh yeah. Of okay. course. All right. Who's their next game? Uh, they got the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. Where is that game played? It's going to be in Baltimore. Very good. Very good. Yeah. Very nice. All right. So we'll uh, we'll switch to the game played on ice for a bit here. And uh, I want to start in Nashville where the Florida Panthers take down the Nashville Predators 4-1. to Bit of a deceiving score. Two late empty netters skewed it that way for the Cats. Um, but the goaltending was really good in this one. Saros was great, but so was Anthony Stolarz. Um, I have in mind a glove save on Gus Nyquist with, uh, Stolarz sprawling and kind of swimming a little bit, getting a great glove on it. That was a great save and, uh, kept the Preds at one goal and he made a few saves late on, the in the last five minutes on the penalty kill. Um, Ekblad was in the box and that was kind of, a um, bad penalty so the uh panthers killed that one off stolars was really good and he's been really good since joining the panthers he's seven four and two he's got a nine seventeen save percentage since joining florida spent three seasons in the anaheim ducks organization um mostly with the ducks but a little bit with the san diego goals and even got to play for team usa at the world championship for um one of those seasons so he's been really good for them and a nice find allowing uh spencer knight to really spend some time down in the american hockey league with charlotte and get some reps in and not be behind Sergei Bobrovsky, the goaltender that just carried this team to the final. So I still personally believe Spencer Knight's the goalie of the future for this hockey club. So it is uh, nice, though, to get some spot duty from Anthony Stolarz and keep them in it. It's kind of like what they had in Alex Lyon last year, except Lyon needed to go on a run all by himself through the last stretch of the season and now Stolarz is doing what he can now early on in the season and the Panthers look really good um Mackie Samuskevich came up from the checkers and gave him a nice solid nine and a half minutes of ice time last night three shots he was he was very solid when um you could tell earlier on in the games he played that the adjustment to the NHL was a little bit too much for him um another game Sam Reinhardt scores again his 34th of the year he is now only behind Austin Matthews who has 38 and uh, he's ahead of David Pasternak, who has 30. So Sam Reinhardt's very impressive. He leads the league with 17 power play goals. The Cats will host the Coyotes on Wednesday. And Nashville will be at Minnesota on Thursday. So um, that will be uh, an interesting set of games. Minnesota, obviously, will take on the Capitals tonight. That, that should be a really good one. That's probably the game I'm looking most forward to tonight. That is uh, one of nine games around the NHL tonight. So um, elsewhere around the league yesterday, the Coyotes snap an 11-game losing skid to the Pittsburgh Penguins. That was a tough break for Chris Letang and Evgeny Malkin on the, the own goal that Lawson Krause ended up getting effort for. 
or getting credit for. So um, that was that was a tough break. You can see the the clip of uh, Chris Letang just saying, "Oh my gosh!" into the into the palm of his glove after that one went in, and it just kind of hopped over the stick of Evgeny Malkin. There's not really much he can do about that there, um, but. 11 games against the Penguins. That was that was uh, one that caught me by surprise. Also, shout out to the the Yotes admin on uh, socials. They have uh, dug into a a Coyotes fan who has created a fan account, and it's called uh, "Did the Coyotes Lose?" And this he's just a meme account, but he's very funny. And the 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 team's social admin have started to mess around with him and interact with him and the the kid that runs the account is very appreciative of it and uh the yotes admin has been one of the most risky as far as admin goes they they post a lot of funny pictures whenever the coyotes win and they'll post funny pictures of the teams that lose and uh make some good memes as the kids call them so that's really funny i really enjoy that the coyotes are a fun team to watch they uh they win again so Logan Cooley with the one-hand pass to Jason Zucker. That was awesome. Um, so the Vancouver Canucks defeat the Chicago Blackhawks, our Chicago Blackhawks, this city's Chicago Blackhawks, 2 nothing yesterday. Um, it was announced yesterday that Connor Bedard is going to miss another six weeks from now with that fractured jaw or that broken jaw. Um, he will miss the NHL All-Star game. The NHL announced that uh, Vincent Trocek and Kyle Connor will be uh Injury replacements for uh, Bedard and someone else. I It's going to come to me in a few minutes here. Um, but, yeah, so Vancouver wins uh, 2-0. I'm sure Chicago is upset that they didn't have their local star playing in his hometown last night. Uh, I'm sure Connor Bedard really wishes he was playing yesterday, too. Don't worry. He will have many other opportunities to play in Vancouver in his NHL career. Um, it is also a big loss that he is not going to be a part of the NHL All-Star game and the skills competition, he probably, he definitely would have been one of those 12 players competing for the million dollars in the skills. So it um, would have been really nice to see. But um, on the positives, Thatcher Demko shuts out the Chicago Blackhawks. He ties Alexander Georgiev with the lead league in wins at 25. And he ties Tristan Jari and Connor Ingram for the lead league in shutouts with five. Um, and he might just be running away with the Fesner Trophy. So... And Quinn Hughes might just be stealing the Hart Trophy right from the clutches of Nathan McKinnon. But, um, yeah, Thatcher Demko's been awesome. I really think he's the best goalie in the world right now. A lot of people will say that's Connor Hellebuck. Um, but Demko's just been unreal. Unreal. He was very good yesterday. That the, the Hawks are going to struggle to create any sort of offense without Connor Bedard. We've seen as much in his absence. Um, the power play was looking a little tough yesterday. Kevin Korczynski was looking really nice trying to keep pucks in on the blue line, though. Um, but it's still going to be hard to create offense. We know that. They don't cycle as well without him. And the the imbalance of just missing even one player and missing a player of that caliber that's your 1C, it uh, shifts everybody else in the lineup into a position that maybe they're not used to or not ready for or not able to produce at the level of. So... Um, the Hawks are going to struggle to score, but that is not indicative of why Thatcher Demko looked good last night. The Hawks actually did a nice job of trying to create some open opportunities for themselves, try and get open and find some space and get some shots towards the net. They did that. Je- Demko is really good. So he had to work for that shutout yesterday. 
And um, he's just been really impressive. Like I said, 922 save percentage. Might just be running away with the Vesna. And Quinn might just be running away with the Hart Trophy. Not just the Norris. Um, I think he's got that one in the bag already. I know that Kale McCarr is having an incredible season. And I know Noah Dobson is as well. And there's a few other guys that could throw their hats in the ring for the best defenseman of the year this year. But Quinn Hughes is the best defenseman in the NHL this year. He scores again last night. Just a beautiful shot coming in and um, beating Peter Mrazek. And Peter Mrazek has also been really good. We'll do it. That's a story for another day of the the lore of 23-24 Peter Mrazek. But Quinn Hughes is excellent. Nobody shoots the puck like him from the back end in my personal belief. Um, I told you Zane Parekh, who we will watch at the 24 CHL All-Star Games tomorrow night, kind of looks like him, but nobody really compares to him. Um, how about that that dish from Luke Hughes last night? We'll, we'll get to that game too. Um, but uh, I wanted to give a quick shout-out to a player playing in the American Hockey League. We have uh, Archdeep Baines of the Vancouver Canucks, of the Abbotsford Canucks actually, but he is signed to an NHL contract, so he is a part of Vancouver system. Nine goals, 26 assists, 35 points in 35 games. He also has 24 penalty minutes to go along with that. He has 73 points in 101 career AHL games. He's been awesome. He's been really finding his groove. He scored 112 points his last year of junior hockey with Moose Jaw in the Western League. So I know Vancouver's really good, and the more you keep winning, the harder it's going to be for other guys to find their way into the lineup, especially a guy that hasn't played a game in the NHL. However, um, I feel like you bring him up and you try him out on a fourth-line depth roll and uh, see where it goes a little bit, see if this kid can maybe contribute and eventually work his way up the lineup. Um, I don't think that kid would stay out of the lineup very much. I think he would make a really strong impression on Vancouver and keep his way in there. But um, they'll take on the his Abbotsford Canucks will take on the San Diego goals tonight, my minor league team for the Anaheim Ducks. So, um, like I said, we got nine games around the NHL tonight. Patrick Waugh will coach his second game behind the bench of the New York Islanders. And uh, the Edmonton Oilers will try and get to 14 in a row as they host the Columbus Blue Jackets. We will see the young, exciting talent of Kent Johnson and Adam Fantilli. Um, and we'll see if we get Elvis Merzlikens in net again. We know that they've been trying to actively put him in more as uh, they work to figure out whether they're going to trade him. Listen, even though I know he asked for a trade, and I know that they're working on trying other goalies in the system like Daniil Tarasov, um, in my personal opinion, they just lost Spencer Martin on waivers to the Carolina Hurricanes a couple days ago. So they're down a goalie, and if you trade Merzlikens, then your goaltending tandem is Daniil Tarasov and Jack Greaves, and everybody's very high on Jack Greaves. He's a nice uh, Cambridge, Ontario native. Um, but both of those guys, in my opinion, still need development time in the American Hockey League, reps in the American Hockey League in games. Um, and for me, it's still up for debate whether Tarasov is really going to establish himself as even a 1B in the National Hockey League. I think uh, Jack Greaves is still really good, but Jack Greaves is still raw in a lot of ways. So allowing him to develop more in the American Hockey League, at the very least through the end of this season, is definitely not a bad thing. So making sure that Elvis Merzlikens gets his mind right and is able to um, figure out whatever needs to be figured out, whether it's more mental or technical as far as stopping the puck a little bit more. He did look good in his return to the crease. So uh, we'll see if they can end the franchise record 13-game win streak for the Edmonton Oilers, also the longest win streak by anyone in the NHL 
north of the border from us. Um, the Pittsburgh Penguins obviously have the NHL's record win streak. I'm pretty sure that's at 17. Um, we also have... Uh, Tonight, a matchups are in the NHL for teams looking to jumpstart themselves a bit. We got the Blues in Calgary taking on the Flames, and then the Sens in Montreal taking on the, taking on the Canadians. Um, both of those should be really good matchups. I'll have my eyes on Sens-Canadians probably a little bit more, um, more just because I like to see how these types of things go. Um, Montreal's still carrying three goaltenders. Uh, Caden Primo's been looking good the more they get him into the net. Shane Pinto had an assist in his first game back this weekend. We'll see how he looks. I'm sure they'll start to give him a little bit more responsibility as he works his way back from a 41-game suspension. Um, and that was a big win for the Senators in his return. They definitely needed that. That is a group. You could tell. Um, the The Anaheim Ducks have lost three in a row. They'll host Buffalo tonight. Adam Rick Henrique has four goals, two assists, six points in his last five games. Um so we'll see how that one goes. Buffalo definitely really wants a win in that one. Ukupeka Lukanen has been very good in the most recent weeks, but we'll see if Devin Levi by chance gets the net for Buffalo. Um, the Rangers wrap up a Western road swing that has been up and down for them. They'll be in San Jose tonight before hosting the Vegas Golden Knights on Friday. Uh, the Vegas Golden Knights, of course, losing 6-5 in overtime last night to the New Jersey Devils. And like I said earlier, taking on Patrick Waz, New York Islanders tonight. Um, what else do we have going on? Uh, a few other things. So we talked a little bit about the uh, CHL, NHL Top Prospects game tomorrow. Um, that I'm really excited for that game. That's going to be really good. Two of the players that I was really looking forward to watching, though, however, are uh, missing the game with injury. Caden Lindstrom of the uh, Medicine Hat Tigers. And Ryder Ritchie, the Prince Albert Raiders, will miss the game tomorrow with undisclosed injuries. Um, that sucks. Those are both really good hockey players and really good future prospects for this team. I'm really excited to see Caden Lindstrom in the future, too. I think he's just a really big body that moves and sees the ice really well. Um, kind of like a shiftier Anze Kopitar kind of player, in my opinion. Not that Anze Kopitar isn't shifty enough, but um, Caden Lindstrom's going to be really good. So we'll get... Uh, Latvian Eriks Mateko, who is on the world junior team for Latvia this year. He plays for the St. John Sea Dogs in the QMJHL. He is currently 36 on Central Scouting's rankings that just came out. And then number 51 on those same rankings for North American skaters, Nathan Villeneuve of the Sudbury Wolves. Both of whom are really good players and players that, in my opinion, probably should have been on the roster for this game to have begun with um, and not have been added only as late, late injury replacements. So, um... That, that should be a really good game. Those are two really good players. Um, the the top prospect games, like whether it's the, the BioSteel All-American game that they do or um, the, the CHL top prospects game, those games always bring out a little something extra because whether it's guys who play together on the same team playing on opposite sides or maybe a guy who felt like he shouldn't have been there to begin with working to try and prove to everybody else that he does deserve to be with this crop of young talented prospects so um it, it should be a really exciting game i didn't get to watch too much of the biosteel all-american game um but some of those players looked really good too i mean cole eiserman's a really good hockey player and uh james hagans is also a really good hockey player i know james hagans is not eligible for this upcoming draft but he was invited to the all-american game and he is just phenomenal so um, what else we got around the NHL tonight? We, uh, 
The Wildman Caps, like I said, that's that's probably the one I'm looking forward to most. Kirill Kaprizov is on fire. Joel Eriksson Eck has been really good. Uh, Brock Faber has been excellent in his last five games. He's got six assists. Um, so we'll see if Minnesota's defense can hold up with Brock Faber leading the charge. We talked a little bit yesterday about the potentiality for him to maybe be losing a bit of gas, maybe running out of some steam. Um no Jared Spurgeon for the rest of the season. He is out after a um after a back issue. So we will we will see how that goes. Um Jonas Brodin is going to be put and asked to play a lot of minutes. So um we will see about that. We also have some PWHL action tonight. Toronto is in Ottawa. Uh we talked a little bit about this yesterday when we were talking about the the shootout and how exciting all that was, but these games are really starting to mean something. This game tonight, this PWHL game, that will be on the TV tonight while the NHL probably takes my laptop and tablets and other devices. Um, but this game between Toronto and Montreal, it is a matchup of the two teams at the bottom of the standings. However, it is uh, Ottawa will play back-to-back. They will host Toronto tonight, and they will host Boston tomorrow. And this is an enormous back-to-back for them. If they, if Ottawa can manage to win both of these games, they will set themselves up to be in a much better position the rest of the season. So, um, and if Toronto can win this game, and they they would hope as a Toronto team that Boston goes in there and beats Ottawa tomorrow, then things become a little bit steadier for Toronto. Keep in mind, the reason Toronto is such a talking point in the PWHL is because they went with a. Over 30-year-old blue liner, fourth overall in the draft, Jocelyn LaRock. She scored her first goal on the weekend. She's been very steady for them, but there were some other players on the board that Toronto missed out on, and now they are languishing at the bottom of the PWHL standings. So these games are starting to mean something, folks. They are um, they, they're quickly becoming huge, huge matchups. The intensity is already there. We talked a lot about yesterday how there is physicality, there is hitting, there's penalties, there are... No liberties being taken without some exception being taken to those liberties. Um, so the hockey's been really good. And so we'll, we'll catch uh, both those teams in action tonight. Toronto at Minnesota, or Toronto at Ottawa, not at Minnesota. So um, that, that should be a good matchup. Um, what else we got here? Um, let's see, peeking around the list. Uh, so Nathan McKinnon, I just wanted to throw in a quick second about the Hart Trophy race. Um, so Jack Eichel was my out-of-the-gate front runner for the trophy when uh, we do our early season predictions and early season look-ins after 15, 20, 25 games. Jack Eichel was, in my opinion, the 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 off-the-beaten-path cut pick for me that was still playing at an incredibly high level. You could have also suggested Jack Hughes, Nikita Kucherov, um, any of those players would suffice. They will all, I'm almost assuredly, pop up on the ballot. Quinn Hughes also, like I said, is probably my heart trophy pick for right now. Um, but Nathan McKinnon is probably the the heart trophy pick for a majority of people and people with a vote in the PW um, Professional Hockey Writers Association. So, um, yeah, Nathan McKinnon is on pace for 134 points. Absolutely ridiculous. He might be the most dominant player in the NHL right now in terms of being able to both physically take over a game, both like with his person and in the way he hits and imposes his physical will on another human being, whether that is protecting the puck, whether that's stealing the puck, whether it's hunting down the puck. Um, 
And then his offensive ability is shining through probably more so than we've ever been able to really see with Nathan McKinnon. Um, And this is a team that is very good, but also has some very uh, acute awareness of the struggles that they're having. We are, there's kind of the widespread um, assumption that the avalanche will look to target goaltending in some capacity, one way or another, whether that is, uh, bringing in someone who is just a casual backup to Alexander Georgiev or whether they bring in someone to challenge him a bit more for starts. Um, that remains to be seen. But keep in mind, there's no Gabriel Landeskog. We haven't seen Gabriel Landeskog for quite some time. Um, but there, he is back in Colorado. He is skating again. So we will see if maybe that is something that they can – that is a piece they can add uh, towards the playoffs – that would be really good for them. But the fact that Nathan McKinnon is doing what he is doing without Landis Cog, um, yes, I understand you have Miko Rantan, who's one of the better wingers in the entire game, and obviously Kale McCarr feeding you the puck up and uh, helping you out on the power play a little bit. But Nathan McKinnon is the straw that stirs the drink here in, in Denver. Um, he's just so good. He's He gallops like a horse when he skates. I don't think there's anybody in the NHL that skates quite like the way Nathan McKinnon does. Um so he's just been fantastic, and um, I don't know if he's going to win the win the Hart Trophy. There are certain players, and I think we always kind of do this. There are certain players who will we will deem you have to win something by the end of your career. I think Connor Bedard is one of those players here for us in Chicago. Like I would assume that you know, and I don't know if we can say it like that, but I think a lot of people in the city even think, and a lot of people even in hockey think that. Connor Bedard will most likely win a Rocket Richard um, at some point in his career. He will probably score the most goals in the National Hockey League one one season in his career, um, and he's just a 19-year-old kid. So um, when you have someone like Nathan McKinnon, who already has the Stanley Cup and a Rookie of the Year and was a first overall pick and was brought in under the same hype as someone like Connor Bedard, maybe a little bit less so, but you get the point. Um, you feel like they are owed something, and I know na- nothing is... Um, Everything is earned, nothing is given in life and in hockey. Um, but you always felt like Nathan McKinnon was going to earn himself an MVP one year. You always felt like he was probably going to win a scoring title one year. Um, so this looks to be the season right now. Him and or him and Nikita Kutrav will continue battling out for the Art Ross. Um, but I do feel like Nathan McKinnon, I, I think they might give it to him just because that that is the way things go. Where and, and he is owed one. I really do feel that Nathan McKinnon, you know, they do this a lot with the Norris, too, in my opinion, sometimes with the Vesna. Um, you know, like I was very happy to see Flower get one when he got one a few years ago, even though, in my opinion, he even was the best goalie in the NHL that season. Um, so it, uh, I, not that they won't unjustly give it to Nathan McKinnon but if and I think if he earns the trophy this year he will do just that he will earn it um but it it still should be a toss-up Quinn Hughes is having an excellent season for the Flames or for the Flames geez the Flames fans wish but uh he's having an awesome season for the Canucks and uh I, I don't know that I don't know how many people are really going to shout from the rooftops that Quinn Hughes needs to be getting more MVP love, I just question where the Canucks would be if they did not have Quinn Hughes. And if we're considering... Brendan, I want your take here for a second on something. 
uh, or if you're around. Um, of course. So the MVP for hockey, the the Hart Trophy, the most valuable player, is uh, judged and given to a player most valuable to his team. And that is the phrasing of the Hart Trophy in the National Hockey League. I can look up a bit more detail while you give your answer, but I'm going to set you up with what I have off the top of my head for this question. Um, so the MVP is given to the player most valuable to his team. So the implication or the idea of the definition is that it is a player that if you were to remove that player from that team, it would have the largest impact on who they are versus who they would be. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, one is it, it do other, I don't think other sports really, uh, weigh their MVPs like that. You know, they, they weigh them based off of the performances of each other, right? Not so much relative to your team. Mm. Um, how do you think most valuable players should be voted upon? Well, I feel like it's a really positional kind of based award in a lot of respects. Like in football, it's a, you know, it's always going to go to like the quarterback because it's like impossible to, to yank the quarterback, a, a really good quarterback, I should say, out of an offense and have it, you know, perform to the same level as opposed to like if you were to take like a, a wide receiver that's really good out of the game most of the time it's not gonna do nearly as much so I mean like I don't know how uh how how huge it is in terms of like positions in hockey but I feel like yeah no that would probably I feel like a lot of awards would go to to goalies if anything so Carey Price was the last goalie to um sorry I'm looking at the last defenseman to win the heart um the last defenseman to win the heart was Chris Pronger in 2000 I figured that was it but it's been 24 years since a defenseman has won the heart trophy um and you need to go back another 28 years before someone won it before Chris Pronger that was Bobby Orr if you've ever heard of him um so not even Kale McCarr, who is considered to be this generation's Bobby Orr, has won the heart yet. Obviously, he only has one Norris under his belt. Um, he will collect many more across his time in the National Hockey League. Don't you worry. Um, but I do think so. So to answer your question, a defenseman has not won the award since 2000. Um, Carey Price won the heart, I think, I want to say in 2016. Let's look that up just to... Um, be sure on it um 2015 i was so close i was so close i was one year off but that was a great year he won the best goalie that year and he won uh the mvp that year and he won the the william m jennings as the fewest goals allowed in the league by a goalie so um he that was was a great season it doesn't really happen a lot i think a goalie needs to have a head and shoulders above like performance relative to everybody else the goalie is the one where that one you might look at as being like okay not only is he the best goalie in the league but he's also the most valuable to his team right with with forwards you could make the argument that whoever wins the scoring race is not necessarily the most valuable player right um so it all just depends um we shall see what the heart does whether it is nathan mckinnon or Quinn Hughes or it probably won't be Jack Eichel anymore which kind of bums me out but uh, Nikita Kucherov will probably have his uh, say on being involved in the Hart Trophy discussion for the rest of the season Um, so that should be an interesting race Uh, let's get to Oliver Shillington Uh, I have uh, Brendan here with a prepared clip 
that we gathered. Oliver Shillington returned to practice for the first time yesterday with the Flames. It was his first practice in 19 months, first practice since uh, late 2022, if I want to say that correctly. Um, he missed some time. He didn't really explain why uh, other than to his teammates and to the Flames organization past the point that they needed to know uh, what was going on with him. So it was just really nice to see him back in action. We talked a little bit yesterday about the fact that he's gotten some games in with the Wranglers. Um, they ended up calling him up right afterward and bringing him uh, to be a part of the big club and getting into practice yesterday. So that was really nice to see. Do we have the clip ready to go, Brendan? Yes, we do. Yeah, I knew that the, this day was, was about to come, so I... I uh, was looking forward to it, and I, I just try to really approach it as any other day. But it was kind of hard. Yesterday, I, I had a moment for myself, and I, I um, it was one point at time I didn't think I was going to be here. Uh, so uh, it was kind of emotional, but, but uh, in a good way. So I, I, I was excited to come here today and, and see everyone. And, and um, yeah, like I said, just share the ice with everyone and, and play hockey again. Yeah, um, you can just tell that he's super appreciative of the fact that he's back in the league. Um, whatever it is he went through was obviously very taxing on him. And um, he goes on to say later in the interview that his teammates were very supportive of him, that the the group of guys have changed a little bit. Obviously, we have Huber, you got Huberdo and Uyghur and um, Igor Sharangovich, among others, in that group. But a lot of those players have been with Oliver Shillington through his career in Calgary. So guys like Michael Backlund, guys like um, Dylan Dubé, who he mentioned later on in that press conference as um, as uh, as a person to whom he's going to give everything he can as a human being to as Dylan Dubé takes a leave for mental health reasons himself. Um, Shillington said he would be there for Dubé in any way he can. So it was really awesome seeing Dylan or Oliver Shillington back on the ice yesterday. We will see when he gets back into a game. I should hope it would be soon, although I am not for certain how long they are going to take to try and ramp him back up into game shape. Um, sometimes it, the best way to do that is just to play the games. Um, but Calgary will next take on the Columbus Blue Jackets on Thursday after taking on St. Louis tonight. So I don't know if Oliver Shillington will get in against the Blues tonight. If he does, it would be really cool. Um, and stick taps to him for that in advance if he does. But uh, we will see. Um, in college hockey, a little bit of college hockey news. So the Bean Pot, which is the the Boston area college hockey tournament that we all know and love. Uh, the women's Bean Pot kicked off yesterday. Um, and we have a final now. Boston University will take on Northeastern. Northeastern beat Harvard 1-0. BU beat uh, BC 4-3 in a shootout. So... Um, we will see who is crowned the women's bean pot champion for the 45th time. Uh, that will go down tonight. The men's version of the tournament will get underway February 5th, and then, and then there will be a gap. I think the final games are like the 22nd of February. So towards the end of the month, we got a little bit of time before the guys um, take the ice for the bean pot. And the men's bean pot will be very exciting this year at Boston College. And Boston University are very loaded programs right now with the likes of Leonard Smith Perot. Um, in BC, and, be, and that doesn't even count Cutter Gautier or Jacob Fowler. Or the list goes on. Um, we'll do a whole Boston. We should do a whole Boston College thing, either here on this program or another one on the network at some point. Um, and then Boston University, Lane Hudson. Um, his brother is going to go. Cole Hudson is uh, 
a very good player. He didn't rise up as much as a lot of people thought he might on Central Scouting's most recent rankings updated list. Um, that American defenseman rise went to uh, Zeev Buyam of University of Denver. He he shot up to like number three or four, I want to say. I think he's four on the North American skaters list. So a an enormous rocket up the charts for Zeev Buyam. Um, what else we got around the league tonight? The only other game in the NHL that we did not discuss tonight is, um, gosh, there was one game we missed, I feel like, unless we got through them all. Um, wow, we were good today. We were really good today, Brendan. We got through all the games. I know, right? <laughs> um, yeah, I'm trying to think. Anything anything in sports you saw yesterday that uh, catch your eye? Oh, no, not yesterday. No? A- anything on the weekend? Yeah, no. I mean, other than my team winning, I was pretty much just focused on that. <laughs> How do you like their chances? I know we talked a little bit about it earlier, but do you really think they're going to beat the the Chiefs? Oh, I absolutely love their chances. I mean, like, I think the Chiefs have been beating up on some pretty banged up teams, and I, I really want to see what our defense has for them. Did you see the the Rams defensive tackle yesterday singing the national anthem at the L.A. Kings game? Oh man, was it? What was his name? His name is Kobe Turner. Kobe Turner. Oh my god. Here, let me send you this. Um, I'm gonna send Brendan this clip right now so he can check it out and we can talk about it. Um, yeah, he did a great job. He did. He did an awesome job. I thought that was really cool. The Kings obviously losing to the San Jose Sharks last night, four three in a shootout. That was a a very valiant effort. You could tell some of the Kings players were very frustrated with um, how that game ended up going. So, oh, almost yeah. almost sent this to the wrong person. <laughs> Thought you were gonna say Aaron Donald for a second there. I was gonna be like, "What can't this guy do?" That would have been pretty funny, huh? <laughs> that guy is uh, that guy's a monster. No, no, Kobe Turner though was saying the national anthem, and I was very impressed. He uh, he did a lovely job with it. Um, but yeah, no, you can tell some of the frustration is uh, brewing in L.A. downtown L.A. Yeah, um, with the with the L.A. Kings, they are struggling to find some groove for some of their players um we've talked a little bit about Pierre-Luc Dubois here and there um not that you know we're trying to pile onto a guy that is struggling a bit clearly but he just seems I watched the game last night and he just seems to be more robotic than I have seen Pierre-Luc Dubois in some time mechanically playing the game the right way the game the way the game is expected to be played However, the more you look at it, and he's not really playing with a lot of that free-flowing-ness that needs to be played with some of these games and some of these, you know, the ability to find yourself a little bit lost and then reappear in an open area. And Pierre-Luc Dubois is just really struggling for that. He is uh, just kind of like, he's struggling to move around the ice. I mean, I don't don't really know many other ways to say it. Um, So... And David Riddick, obviously, he put up a big fight last night and then smashed his stick in frustration after Fabian Sederlin got the game winner in the shootout. Um, so that was a frustrating one. Capo Kakinen was excellent, though, for the San Jose Sharks. Uh, Fabian Sederlin, too, also with a goal. He, he's been really good for the Sharks. Um, Logan Couture, obviously, his second game back in the lineup after missing a lot of time early on in the season and playing his first games this weekend. He was really good. Um, did you Did you catch the clip? Oh yeah, no, I did. I was not familiar with his game. <laughs> no, no, right? Isn't that he did a great job? Yeah, yeah, he was really good. So that was good. They also had two of their other players were there. One of the one I know is uh, Puka Nukua. 
Oh, he had a generational season this year. Yeah, he's really good, isn't he? I'm glad he could show out to hockey game or some. I was pretty worried about him. He was pretty down on himself after they lost in the playoffs. But Yeah, man, it's always cool when these athletes go and they support um, the other teams in their city. Yeah, you know, know what I mean? Getting involved in the community, everything like that. Yeah, no, of course. Sorry, I'm going to take a sip of my coffee here. I was going to have more of a second there for you, uh, from you. But, um, yeah, so tough loss for the, the LA Kings last night. They will take on the Buffalo Sabres at home on Wednesday, tomorrow night. So the San Jose Sharks, obviously, like I said, are in action tonight. They will host the Rangers as the Rangers finish up their Western Conference swing. Um, other than that, I think that should uh, wrap it up here for today on the program. We'll, we'll keep it nice and short here. We got Zach, like I said, coming in here. In a little bit to uh, hop on the mic and record the deep fade. Um, yeah, 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 I think l- let's call her there. Let's call her there. Um, nine games, like I said, around the NHL tonight. We will we will see how Patrick Waugh does. Um, we will preview the CHL uh, top prospects game a little bit more tomorrow. Uh, we will talk about the PWHL game that happens tonight. We will uh, talk about the news that's going to break the moment we hop off on recording here. And, uh, yeah, we'll see everybody tomorrow. I hope you all have a great rest of your day. Thank you for tuning in from wherever you are. Um, Check us out wherever you can. Give us five stars if you have a minute. We'd love to hear from you and receive feedback. So thank you again. Have a great rest of your day, everybody. See you in 24 hours.